Meet Jade. Jade is a busy professional who is constantly on the go. Jade knows that to look good, feel great, and have the energy to thrive, she needs to live an active and healthy lifestyle, but often feels overwhelmed by all the different advice she receives. Despite Jade's efforts to eat clean and work out, she often feels fatigued because of her busy schedule. A friend comes to her rescue by introducing her to Life Fuel's Daily Essential Shake. Jade finds that it meets the criteria of everything on her list and it doesn't contain soy, dairy, or artificial ingredients, all of which Jade has eliminated from her diet. If you're like Jade and are seeking convenient, effective, all-natural solutions, the Daily Essentials Shake may be exactly what you've been searching for. Formulated to provide you with everything you need to optimize your health so you can get on with life and live your fullest every day. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. One of our favorite teams to follow and cover this season has been Phoenix Christian. They're loaded with talent and youth. They were one win away from a 20-win season and a championship game, and they earned a trip to the Final Four for the first time in years. They're the most improved team, in our opinion, of the 2021-2022 season. We had to have head coach Ben. Oh, I just forgot how to say your last name. Sturzak? Streisick. Streisick. There you go. We had to have head coach Ben Streisick on the pod to talk about their magical season. Coach, thanks for hopping on the pod with us in your freaking awesome man cave. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate you, Jeff and Reyes. I, um, I've been listening to you guys all season, man. My boys love you guys. I'm excited to be here talking to you. Hey, well, I got to say, Coach, I have a ton of respect for you, not just because of the season you guys have had and that you put together, but also just because the life of a teacher and a coach is no joke, man. It's a grind, and I know you know that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, but, you know, you're doing something you love. It doesn't feel like work. I know it sounds corny, but especially when things are going well, like they did this season, it's, it's doing what I love. It's my passions. One of my buddies who does not teach or coach, he was talking to me one time and he was like, man, like if you teach and coach, that's got to be like the easiest job ever, you know, like you just kind of, and I'm like, you don't even understand how hard it is to come back after a super long away game at like one in the morning and then you got to be ready to go to teach that next day in the morning. So it's not easy, man. Hey, I appreciate that. Shout out for all the teachers out there. Oh yeah. All those teacher coaches. We see you, we feel you. I teach history just like you do. So, Amen. I mean, we're in the same boat, man. So it is rewarding though. And I saw your post on Instagram about your kids and how they wrote all those things on your board. When you guys came back from that final four game, that was super cool, man. Yeah, man, it's bigger than basketball. You know, obviously I love seeing our guys put the ball inside the hoop, but when you come back, like you said, and the whole community, it kind of gave them a shot in the arm of school spirit, our run we made. And that's just it's bigger than just basketball. Like I said, it's, it's special, man. Let me ask you this. This is before we even get into stuff. 
Do you teach angry after you lose? I'm sure my scholars would say I do. I mean, I'm sure they would say it's a little more rigorous, a little less leeway. I mean, I never really thought about that. That's a good, that's not one of the pre-questions you sent me, man. It's a curveball right away. But yeah, I, I try to let it go and, you know, move on to the next. My, one of my mottos is never too high, never too low on to the next. But when you lose a tough one, like we did discuss Scottsdale Christian earlier in the year, or a few of the other ones, it's hard. It's hard to not let that come back in the classroom the next morning. It's it's tough, man. I found that I don't teach angry, but I teach really negative. Like after we lost to Holbrook in the Elite Eight this year, I literally went back to school the next day. And the next thing I was teaching about was the Great Depression. And I was like, wow, this is the timing is perfect. Appropriate topic for the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Oh, I know, man. So anyways, seriously, huge shout out to all the teacher coaches out there. We're right there with you. Let's just kind of talk about coach. What brought you to Phoenix Christian? Cause you've only been coaching there, at least from I saw head coach the last two years. What brought you to Phoenix Christian? man? Uh, you know, I've got into coaching about a decade ago, started doing some youth camps for this guy, Tom Kuyper. After I graduated from college, he's a local basketball guy in the Valley here. I coached at Ironwood high school starting in 2014 and then became friends with Jordan Augustine, who's currently their head coach. I only coached for Will Orsilla one year uh, when I came to Ironwood. And then I rocked with Jordan Augustine for a couple years. Hmm. And he actually ended up being a uh, groomsman in my wedding a few years ago. He's like a no brother way. to That's me. Cool. Oh, yes. But I live a little bit in the East Valley. So the drive was just too geographically unattractive for me to keep driving out to 59th Ave. So sure. I um, was actually athletic director at my former uh, middle school, St. Francis, and uh, doing some other coaching around the Valley and just wanted to get my foot in the door as a head coach. I had uh, a few other schools that I was talking to, but Phoenix Christian uh, was just a unique opportunity with the landscape and the climate and the um, just the demographic of kids we have there. It's pretty unique to smaller schools. And I'm a believer, follower of Christ. So being at a Christian school where I could, you know, share my faith and pray with the kids and just be, be where I belong. I, I felt like, and it's, it's been a blessing for two years. That's really cool. And I mean, I think one of the most important things is to be in a spot that you feel the most comfortable with. And I know for me, before I came to Camp Verde high school, I was teaching at a Christian school and it was really, I'm also a believer and it was a lot easier for me to kind of share my faith there and, you know, transitioning to a different place at first it was difficult. So it's really important to feel comfortable where you're at and I think it's super cool that you found your way there and you being there, were you kind of nervous stepping into the head coaching position? Cause there had been kind of a, there, there wasn't a real consistent head coach there before. Yeah. The turnover rate was pretty high. Yeah. God bless my seniors. You know, they had played for three coaches <laughs> yeah. at the time I came. So <laughs> there's um, a bit of turnaround there to say the least, but you know, I just, when I came there to check out the school, I actually, walked in and a few of the boys were shooting in the gym and it kind of caught me off guard a little bit of the skill and athleticism and talent I saw in the gym. I thought I was just coming to meet, you know, the superintendent and the principal and whatnot. And I thought, okay, they got some dudes here. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting dynamic. It's a missional Christian school, which basically doesn't make the kids sign a covenant or a statement of belief. Right. Whereas most of the Christian schools do. So we have a lot of kids from uh, different walks of life that, a lot of which aren't believers, but, you know, they get to read the Bible for the first time and get to learn, you know, the morals and Christian values that we try to teach there. So it's just, just a perfect fit for me. And um, I love the community. I love the kids. It's, it's a great home. 
No, I agree with you as far as like the demographic and the landscape, but believe it or not, it's kind of funny, but I always tell Jeff, like I literally live down the road from like your high school from Phoenix Christian. I'm okay. a, I, I go to Grand Canyon University, so I'm just off on Indian school and all that. So yeah, I drive by, I drive by the school all the time, but yeah, it's definitely different. I was always curious too, because I know they have a great, like, as far as athletics, they, they, they crush it, you know, like football, their football program is amazing. I know that for sure. I'm pretty sure like their baseball and softball, Yeah. but just knowing Phoenix Christian, like say being in the small ball scene and it's kind of seeing what you were able to do those past two years. It's just, you know, awesome beyond basketball, you know, just installing character into these kids. It's probably one of the best things. It's cool. So it's all about, I appreciate you saying that. And even like going with that, you know, one of the hardest, you know, you can teach a kid a play. You can, you can help kids get better with skills and all that. One of the hardest things is implementing culture, you know, into a group of kids, into a program. So kind of like, what's your philosophy on coaching? You know, like, why do you do what you do and all that? I just love pouring into kids. I love think basketball from my personal days as a young man. And then now as a young adult, I've found just a great avenue to pour into kids. Like you said, I, I teaching history is awesome. Actually, I haven't done that for very long, but I've found myself enjoying it quite a bit, but just the relationship that you have as a coach with a young man is just different than the ones that I have with my scholars. Not to say that I don't have some awesome relationships in the classroom. I love my students, especially, right. you know, some of my top ones that actually listen and do their work, but <laughs> I'm digressing, but no, in seriousness though, just the relationship I've got to develop with some of these guys Got a lot of kids coming from single parent homes where assistant coaches and I after practice are, you know, the team bus service taking guys each way. And, you know, as much as I, my wife yells at me, you know, it's your night to bring home dinner. There's nothing I'd rather do than after practice to spend 20 minutes driving one of these kids home and, you know, getting to know their heart and just more than their favorite Euro step or favorite <laughs> whatever basketball player, which I'm interested in hearing too, but right. I, I just love uh, the opportunity to pour into them and share the word of God with them and just be a positive male mentor for them. Hopefully. I'm trying to think of that quote. Like I, I always love it. My wife always kind of rolls her eyes at this, but you know, it's like uh, one coach will impact more people in one season than most people will impact in their whole life, you know, because you, and it's funny, you go through such intense situations with these players and intense situations really kind of cement deep bonds with people. And so, you know, you, you build these deep relationships with kids and you do it for years. And it's just, I don't know, man, like what you're saying is that's just why we all do it. You know, that's why most of us do it because it's just, it's like the best thing anybody could do with their life, you know, cause it's just, it's awesome. I'm 34. So I'm no spring chicken. And I've had a few other jobs before being a full-time teacher and coach now. And um, I, made some more money than I do now for lack of better words, but it's like, there's no feeling you get at the end of the day when you come home and you've built those relationships with these young people and they're the future. I know it sounds corny. Everyone always says it, but there's just no amount of, there's no price tag that would, that would take me away from having that opportunity. So no, it's a blessing. It's, it's so true coach. And, and moving more towards, you know, the, the basketball side of things. And as far as like success, Coach, you guys have had such a massive turnaround in just one year. And I mean, looking at it was funny. I remember when you sent me a message. I don't know if you remember this, but you sent me a message like at the very beginning of the season. And it was like about Phoenix Christian. Don't sleep on these kids. And I was kind of like, yeah, I remember last year they were they weren't very good. And, <laughs> but then I looked and I'm like, they got some good athleticism. And I started following you guys. And I'm like, 
these guys are kind of studs. And then Reyes made a comment about you guys. And then I don't remember what game that was, Reyes. Do you remember? I don't. Oh, it was at your guys' place. I, I, don't, I don't remember was, who was, you guys was, were playing. Yeah, with. it was early in the season. I just remember watching him. I was watching it at home on the NFHS network, and I was texting Jeff, like, middle of the game, and I was like, hey, these – like, you need to tune in. Like, these guys can play a little bit. They got some pretty good guard play. Like, you need to check out, check it out. And then from then on, we just kind of been hooked. Yeah, we became huge Phoenix Christian fans, and it was super fun to follow. And, again, the turnaround was crazy because last season you guys won six games – now you guys are like winning 20, you know, I mean, like right on the cusp of that with the final four appearance, what has been the biggest difference that led to such a successful season this year? It's hard to pinpoint just one thing, but if I had to pick one, I'd say it's the commitment the boys have made, hmm. you know, um, like I said, God bless my seniors had three coaches and actually um, I don't know them all very well, but they all, are good um, basketball guys, from my opinion. I tried to find some old film and do some research. It's just different philosophies they've had. Mm. So when you hear a third voice in the third year in a row, and maybe I'm saying to do a, I want you to set a screen this particular way, or not better or worse, just different. Right. It's hard because they, you know, have been doing things for so long, and they're thinking, especially with like you alluded to our six big six wins we had last year. <laughs> they're probably wondering, okay, do we have a fourth guy coming next year? So. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it takes a while to build trust, but the only way you can do that, the proof's in the pudding. Kids can spot a phony from a mile away, but just putting in the time, the work with them, finally, like I said, getting them to commit to what, buy what I'm trying to sell out here. And, you know, we're not obviously fully there yet, but we definitely turned, turned a few pages and turned the corner as a program. I bet your kids were so excited. I mean, how excited were your kids when you guys made it to that final four game? You got to play in the Coliseum. I mean, how excited were you guys? Going into the – after the Elite Eight game or before the Final Four? I mean, both, man. All right, I shouldn't even say this because my boys are going to be mad because they're all fans of your podcast. But they gave <laughs> they gave me a Gatorade bath when we won the Sweet 16 oh, yeah. game. Because, I mean, it was an overtime. We've never beat PCDS since I was there. And then we uh, next day beat the undefeated Highland Prep with both both PCDS and Highland Prep. Nothing but respect. Those are two top notch programs. But um, I, you know, take my suit jacket off, being the teacher that I am. I don't have a million suits, so I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I can't afford to ruin another suit tonight. And uh, I go in there after the Elite Eight game, and they are just locked in. They don't make a sound. They act like you know we haven't done anything. I'm coming in like. A little hyped up, obviously, to say the least, but uh, they're just like, we're not done yet. The goal's championship, and I was like, you guys can smile. Like, this was a big game for us. I mean, Highland Prep's an amazing team. It's like, that's a great win, boys, and they were just – that's why I love them, man. They were just dogs, hungry, ready for ready for that Final Four game. So, I mean, that and that was evident too, man. Uh, and, and watching you guys play, I thought that was one of the most – you guys are one of the most hard-nosed teams that I saw. I mean, just defensively on the ball, it was really fun to watch. That's funny that they were just so locked in. It's hard to find that balance as a coach, you know, where you don't want to, like, over-celebrate, you know, but you also want to enjoy where you're at. It's tough to do that. No, it's hard to toe that line or even know what that line is sometimes. But the boys, they always have an idea where it should be, but – like I said, sweet 16 Gatorade bath, elite eight, like just stone cold. I'm like, all right, guys, you never know with you guys always keep me on my toes. 
Yeah, you you got. I mean, you got to love that though. And like I said, just like the turnaround was amazing. You know, from six wins to almost tw- almost twenty wins. I mean, at what point in the season did you feel or just know like this is going to be a special season for you guys? I mean, I've only been with these guys for two years, and I love them. I just they're like sons, little brothers to me. Some of them are stronger than me, so hard to call them my son. But uh, <laughs> most of them are stronger than me. But in any event. Um, Speaking of that, this summer, of core group, especially the younger guys, really started buying into the weight room, mm. and they were just living in there. And I was getting calls from the administrators or whoever's at school for summer school, like, your, your boys are in the gym again. Get somebody down here to supervise them or whatever. But I'm like, <laughs> they, they were taking it seriously. So, um, you know, that's where it starts is the out-of-season out stuff, whether it be weight room conditioning, getting the shots in. But when I had heard through the through the grapevine, they were a big group of them in there daily pumping some serious iron. I thought, okay, these guys are these guys are ready to uh, not have another six win season. Mm. Yeah, because I, I think they after there was a lot of freshmen that I had that a lot of my sophomore guys ended up playing last year due to COVID and other things that were going on. We were just super young, and I think they've decided amongst themselves that that wasn't going to happen again. So took it in their own hands, started in the weight room, and then. Uh, once we won, like, you know, we started off 0-2, which is never an ideal start to, especially after a poor season. You're like, oh, probably, here we go oh, again. No, here we go again. <laughs> but we actually ended up winning, I think, nine in a row before Christmas break. We ended up losing this holiday tournament to Window Rock, which would have been 10 in a row. But we had some, some quality wins throughout that stretch where these boys started believing. Okay. We got some, we got some pieces. No, I like that. And, um, yeah. So that yeah, so you would probably say like you know obviously the weight room was probably one of the biggest things for you guys. We were okay, like these kids are actually taking it serious. So you're okay, like if they're like devoted, if they're in, like this could go somewhere. And then after winning those nine games, almost ten, you're probably like okay, like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make some noise this year. And you guys did honestly. I mean we I mean we we hopped on the radar probably like late November, early December, and we're like wow okay, let's just kind of like ride this team out and just kind of see where it goes. So I mean that was pretty cool. So kind of like going more into like the future now and stuff like that, now that we're in the off season. Um, so what are some things that you think that you need to improve on or for your guys for next season? Cause you guys already done the, like the weight room. So, I mean, that's one check mark off and that's so hard. Me and Jeff always talk about it. it's so hard getting kids to like buy into the weight room and actually want to lift because high schoolers don't need, think they need to until like when they go to college, if they do, and then it's just a wake-up call for them. But your kids are already kind of doing that first step for you guys. So what do you think is the next step for uh, the 2022 season for you guys to improve on? Uh, on the court, I mean, we've always got to improve on both sides of the ball. I think shooting is something that uh, I used to shoot when I played. So a lot of my guys are super athletic. I was like, what I would give to have just one or two extra inches. I mean, you got Tommy's got two to spare to give me. But in any event... Oh, man nevertheless um, shooting the ball a lot of them just want to attack which I love they're being aggressive that's the mentality that I want them to have offensively but like you saw when we played a good rancho team and they got some bigs down there you know you got to have a jump shot at some level so we'll get a better shooting and then most importantly defensively you know I'm watching March Madness right now and my wife went to U of A I'm not I don't have an allegiance to either ASU or U of A or whatever but uh 
I, the one thing I was telling her, cause she made like three brackets and went U of A all the way. And every one, I was like, you don't want to diversify your uh, portfolio a little there, but they play D and teams that get stops. Like I was reading quote from coach Anderson at Scottsdale saying like stops win championships. Mm. And, um, we did a lot of defensive slides and stuff this off season, but you know, you, you can always do more. So I think just taking it to the next level defensively, getting them to buy in with the loose balls, the charges. I mean, if Colin Scythomel didn't have, he actually had four, they only gave him three, but um, he doesn't <laughs> have three charges against Highland prep. We we're not going to the final four probably. So, right. so getting them to buy into that collectively as a team, but you yeah. know, I, I told him to watch March madness and watch what all these guys do. And, show me a team that doesn't attempt to take a few charges and I'll buy you lunch. Cause that, that ain't happening at this level. It doesn't happen at that level. You're right. No. Oh man. And that's such, I mean, that's so accurate too. And um, you're right about Tommy Randolph giving away like two inches of like to give to you for some athleticism. I went to your guys' NFL yet game at NFL yet. I was in the crowd and so I don't know if you, I don't know if you have any social media, but if you did follow the Twitter, I posted one of his dunks. But a couple of plays before that, I missed probably not like the best, probably one of the best in game, like high school and small ball, or even just an Arizona dunk. NFL yet was running a, the zone, two, three. Tommy Randolph catches on the top of the key, gives a pump fake. And I thought he drove to the middle of the lane and I was like, okay, he's going to kick it out or something for a wide open three. No, he says, let me just float over everybody and just hammer one in. And I just was in just disbelief and awe. I was like, wow. I can't believe you missed that. I was so upset. I was so <laughs> upset. And this is not like a knock on your play or anything. Like, but I like, I had just recorded like one of your kids like hitting a corner three in the next play. Tommy Randolph just gets a middle in the zone dunk. <laughs> and I was just so upset with myself. I was like, really? A corner three as opposed to like in traffic dunk? I was so upset with myself. I was beating myself up pretty for, for that night. Man, that kid's tough. Yeah, he's a special kid. Honestly, I've been coaching, like I said, for over a decade, and um, I, I've seen some really special kids. He's as special as it gets. Hmm. There's an article coming out about some stuff in his personal life. The kids had um, beyond unbelievable trials and tribulations he's had to face and adversity. And uh, he was three point nine student. Wow. Most respectful kid coming in after practice, saying, "Hey, can I help you?" He won't even ask. He'll just start cleaning up trash and cones and. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I mean, he's obviously not in any need of getting more playing time, but you know, he's still the one that's there. And not that that's how one gets more playing time, but I'm just like, you know, he, he's, he could leave a trash wrapper on the floor and I'd still play him. Probably don't, you could probably cut that out. No, don't tell him I said that, but now he's just got a good heart. He's a good kid. We just got to talk about this is you mentioned about PCD and how you lost to them earlier in the season and you guys had never beaten them before. Coach, what a huge game to play them in the playoffs and then beat them in the way that you did. Can you tell us about that game? Like, because we didn't get to see that game. So, like, what was what was the story of that game? Because that's huge. So, uh, yeah, nothing but respect for PCDS. Shane over there, their head coach, his buddy, actually, of mine. Oh, and nice. uh, Yeah, they, you know, they, he always just puts a good product on the court. Obviously, Tonti's an absolute dude. So, mm. um he saw that he had dropped like 50 points in 17 minutes was the big thing. All my kids were showing me a couple Oof. weeks before that. Right. Cause you know, they didn't have a play in game as we did against pinion. Right. So, you know, we had, um, 
he hadn't really played since that end of the season when he dropped, they played SCA and he had a good showing there. But then before, like I said, just an absolute freak. That's like a Wilt Chamberlain type stat. Yeah, that's crazy. 50 points in 17 minutes. <laughs> and a lot of them were from behind the arc. Really? So Shooting it from, the, from yeah, distance? Yeah, I want to say he started off four for four, four for five that game from the film I saw. Wow. And I was just praying like... I got to pick my poison. You know, you can't, <laughs> can't, I want to stop everything, but you right. got to give somewhere. So, um, we really locked in on their shooter. Number three, he's a freshman. He actually got second team all region. Hmm. His kids, 100 pounds, but he dropped 19 points on us, our first showing against them. Huh. So, and this kid, the second he crossed half court, he, I could just tell, especially watching the film, he was licking his chops, ready to shoot that thing. So, um, <laughs> You know, when they have a six foot eight guy like Tonti who's going to John Hopkins and, you know, we got player of the year for our region. Mm. He's on everyone's radar. He's going to get his, which he did that night. Boy, did he get his, but um, kind of neutralized number three and a few of the other guys that hurt us in the first game and made more of an effort actually to do that. Mm. We knew whatever we threw at Tonti personnel wise, he was going to, He's going to have an opportunity to get his. I mean, we couldn't go for 50. We weren't going to win if he had 50, but (laughs) I don't even honestly want to look at the stats right now. But, yeah, I want to say he might have had 30, 35 that game. He's a tough matchup, man. I mean, the way he can go off the bounce, he can shoot it. He's athletic. I mean, he's good, man. Hey, tell tell him real quick about what we told our big. And we told him, like, hey, don't give up baseline. And then the first play. Yeah, very first play, our kid got dunked on. He didn't believe me, and I told him it's going to happen. And sure enough, boom, right there. Yeah, he put a few of our guys on some pretty nasty posters. But, you know, they can all shoot over there at PCDS. So, you know, I have to pick. Do I want to dig with the guards or double down on him and leave someone open? Or, like I said, let him get his and then try to neutralize everyone else. And. Hmm. We got two points more than them, so it could have gone either way, obviously. But right, but we fought hard to the end, obviously. That that's super cool, man. I didn't realize that you guys had never beaten them, so that's that's a huge one in the playoffs when they had previously bested you guys. So huge congrats for that too. And then also, I just want to say this, and the race you can keep going, but like watching your games against Scottsdale, coach, they were man, you guys were there, man, so close. I know you felt that. Oh, yeah, it's heartbreaking, especially that second one at home when we had it. That's what I'm talking about, too. Yeah, you know, especially, you know, 2A is not going to do shot clock next year. Right. So when you play a powerhouse team like that, sometimes you – first of all, my philosophy is I like to play blue collar. I like to play fast on offense, push the ball, even if it causes a few more turnovers ultimately. And um, same on defense. Like you said earlier, we like to just get after it, get in people's face 84 feet down the court. But, um, you know, when you play a team like Scottsdale, you know, it's probably better to have a few less possessions in the game in hindsight. <laughs> like when we played Highland Prep, I went into a spread the last two minutes of the first half. Right. And they ended up winning the fourth quarter by 12 points. So I was happy when it was all said and done that there wasn't <laughs> two more minutes left in that one. Right. But, at the same time, my boys came out with their foot on the gas pedal against Scottsdale. It wasn't just like we were playing defense. We scored 17 in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to do as a coach is get them into a spread. Right. So like, hey, you know, I don't feel confident that we can hold this lead. So I want to, and I do believe in that. You know, some shots didn't fall for us. They, Coach Anderson's a great coach. He called some great sets. They got some 
seasoned veterans over there, Garrison and Wells, they've, you know, they weren't flustered, even down yeah. 10 going into the fourth or whatever. Those boys were calm and collected and kept trying to get their shots. And normally in March madness, what I've seen is, you know, the way an upset would happen is the better team, you know, is down at the end and then they start having to jack up some crazy shots. Whereas mm-hmm. the team that's supposed to be the underdog, even though my boys certainly don't think we're an underdog or right, any sure. of that, but, um, yeah, those teams start feeling confident, like we can play with anybody. And that's basically my guy's mentality all the time now is that just we can hang with anyone if we, if we play our A game and play together. Yeah, and I mean, there, there comes a point in the season when you're playing against certain types of teams, both teams are good enough to win. It's just who makes more plays down the stretch, you know? And I feel like that's what it was. But that was just – I remember watching that and it being like, I love Scottsdale Christian – love coach Anderson and watching both of you guys going up against each other. I was like, Oh, this is such a good game. And yeah, it just came right down to it. So that was fun. Yeah. Nothing but respect for them. I'm not uh, terribly disappointed to see them move to three a next year, but <laughs> I'm working, I'm working with coach Anderson. Cause we actually have a little bit of a rivalry with our schools. Like coach Anderson will even talk about his senior year, his last game getting beat by Phoenix Christian on a half court buzzer beater. But <laughs> He said it's he said it's okay because they ended up winning the state championship still that year, but <laughs> it's a storied rivalry. So I'm optimistic we'll be able to keep that going next year. That's man, cool, be man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, before I jump into this next question, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. I just thought about Oof. this, and it's nothing crazy. Like I said, Jeff, we can edit this if you want to, but I don't know. <laughs> no, there's no editing here. It's hot seat, man. Okay, let me let me have it. So you, so you said you've played against both Tonti Feli and Chris Floyd, correct? Correct. So Chris Floyd is tied for, you know, number one score in the nation. And Ooh, this as, is a hot seat as, question. As you right see here. that Tonti Feli won offensive player of the year. Do you think that Chris Floyd should have won it? Or do you think the decision was right? I know. I know. Uh, my, my man, I like Chris. That kid got snubbed. He, um, he deserved to get more recognition than he did. However, it's hard for me to say Tonti didn't deserve it. Cause like I said, you know, putting up that 50 points in 17 minutes. I mean, I, that's unheard of. Chris's numbers were unheard of as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I don't know the whole metrics in which they gauge that like for an MVP for the NBA, they say you have to be on like, Barkley was the MVP because he was on the Suns. <laughs> right, right. We're in reality, Jordan, and I'm from Chicago originally, yeah. so I'm biased, but um, <laughs> Jordan should have been the MVP every year that he was in the league. <laughs> right. So um, Chris, Chris is an absolute dude, man. He, um, we, we double teamed him. He's the only I person know, thought, that we, yeah. we double teams like that all season. I can tell you that we did not double team anybody else. Like we did him and, First game, we held him to, I think, 17. Second game, 29. But he's smart, and the more he was playing against it, the more he was just figuring it out. And that boy is the definition of confidence in terms of, like, he just – there's not a shot he's, he's afraid to take that's too big for him. And he um, – yeah, I have nothing but respect for Chris. Okay. But you, but so let me just get this. So you think that Tonti, <laughs> so you believe that Tonti, like, you know, it's, it's right. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Me and Jeff have talked about this on the previous episode that like we believe that he got snubbed, but not even like a first team or second team is 
pretty crazy for what he was able to do. But, you know, I can, like, I agree with Tanti because we were talking about that. You know, Tanti put up some big numbers for PCB. It's not like he didn't. It's right. just, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think that, like, you know, tied for leading in the nation as opposed, you know, to, it's, I don't know, it's different. So we had our views. Oh. But okay, I like that. To be honest, I really look deep into the analytics and data of my guys to, to give you a fair and honest answer. I would probably have to look at, you know, yeah. how many shots were attempted, field goal right. percentages, okay, okay, assists, okay. Yeah. just because he had a little more volume over there at NFL yet than Tanti did at PCDS. Right. But you can say a lot more. But I mean, Tanti was still the dude at PCDS. So mm-hmm. it's now, coach, I think you said it honestly yeah. great that. I mean, Tanti Feli does not deserve it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Man, look at that. He survived your hot seat question. Great. Hey, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be a politician over here. <laughs> 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 you know, you did great. You handled that honestly pretty good. Better than I expected because we like we like we like putting people on the hot seat sometimes, or Jeff will, and we just get frozen sometimes, like uh, but you jumped right in it. So I should have awesome. just acted like my computer froze. <laughs> <laughs> and then just end it, just end it. Uh, no, but, um, you know, obviously we were talking about, you know, like what you need, what you think you need to do to improve. And you said that, you know, just being able to get a lot more shots up just so you guys can be able to space and stretch the floor a little bit with your guards. Um, do you guys have anything planned for the off season? Are you guys going to do any like summer tournaments? Are you going to do any fall leagues? Like, what do you think, uh, what's your guys plan for you know, the upcoming season and the off season? Yeah, we're looking to get into, um, some summer league right now. I'm okay. trying to put us probably not a small ball summer league. I'd like us to get our butts kicked a little bit and go out against some, some big competition, get us ready to um, try to make a run back at it next year. Mm. We were blessed to be invited to play in section seven. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. My boys are pretty hyped about that. Hey, that is Um, a very, there's very few teams that get invited for that. So that's way cool coach. Yeah. Thank you. We're um, all the glory goes to God, but my boys, they, they're the ones who earned it. So we're just excited to go out there and showcase our talents in the Cardinals arena. I'm glad we got to play now in the Madhouse of McDowell because those were some pretty bright lights down there. So <laughs> yeah. we have a little experience playing with the depth or whatever in the arena. Um, we, I'm big on mentorship and team building. So like last season, we went on some like rock repelling trips with the boys <laughs> and some other not completely non-basketball related, but just some bonding, team building stuff. And it's a really easy analogy if you take the kids on ropes to climb a mountain to, um, you know, what we're trying to do as the basketball team. And it's funny because these guys are all, you know, so tough and have so much swag and they're not afraid of anything in the locker room. But then you put these boys on a, on a rope 50 feet up on a boulder and it's like, okay, we'll, we'll see who the tough guys really are. Yeah, no, and that's great, honestly, man, because, like, it's so important. I think sometimes it gets overlooked. Um, you know, team bonding, just building that culture, getting your guys bright with each other is obviously one of the first steps to be able to, you know, have that team chemistry to move on to ultimately, you know, win a state championship or whatever the goal is. So I think mean, I think that's great. Do yeah, you I know respect- what other teams are invited to Section 7? Like, as well from the I, small ball scene? No, I don't. But I can get you guys that list or I can send them an email. They sent a funny email when we got in. And it was like a page. And I was like a little kid who was getting like an admission letter or something. I was excited <laughs> for my boys, honestly. But um, at the bottom, it was like, do not tell anybody you can help them get in. Oh they, like in terms of other teams. Yeah. And they're like, if you have somebody who has talent or is 
you think is worthy of playing, you can send us info. They, they were like, I was like, is this like a, is this a government document or something? Is this classified? (laughs) It's like the cult of section seven. It kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, all right, man, we're in the club. I'll do what I got to do, but (laughs) not drinking the Kool-Aid section seven. I was just going to say, if they offer you Kool-Aid, you just can't drink it, you know? No, we'll bring our own Gatorade for that one. Uh, That's awesome. So, so that's really cool. And I I am confident that you guys are going to compete great at section seven. Who is a kid that you're really expecting to have a huge jump? Kid we need to watch out for next season. That's a tough one. Um, Because I know you got a few, Coach, honestly. Honestly, this is a corny answer, but everyone. Like, I mean, I know you guys probably expect me to say Tommy Randolph, Bryce Anderson, Mm -hmm. Colin. Those guys are all studs. But all eight of my main returners – we were losing two seniors, well, three seniors. One of my seniors, Malik, didn't even get to play a game this whole season. He tore his ACL before the oh. season started. Oh, man. And he was a two-year starter and captain as a sophomore and junior. Wow. So he brought in a lot of just another set of eyes as kind of a player coach. And hmm. we, we kind of played for Malik this season. But I'm digressing with that. We returned eight guys, just all studs. Like, hmm. I, obviously, I have a twinkle in my eye when I talk about them. Like, they're my own kids yeah. but um i know number four xavier sandoval who um dms you guys you guys talked about something <laughs> he posted like the world against us or something yeah. that effect <laughs> yeah. but i mean he's a sophomore and uh was my point guard the first half of the season he pulled his groin pretty bad so oh. it was pretty limited the second half but even in like the final in that final four game he goes five for five with an and one. So ended up with 11 points and hmm. dude throws some Jason Williams, no look passes. And yeah. I have a few other buddies or scouts or whatnot in California. And you know, they, they, he was going in so late that they didn't even really get to see him. He was kind of the seventh or eighth guy with his injury. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, we're pretty deep. We had another guy who had an injury, Duncan, who um, he's the last guy on our bench. He's was probably the best shooter on our team. He was kind of injured all season. Wow. Cam, Cam Hatter, number 13, one of our bench guys, runs a 4-5-40. Like, I honestly thought that there was going to be, like, some uh, college D1 football coaches out there just, like, clocking him just to <laughs> yeah. see how fast he gets down the court. Right. I think we hand t- – I think it's 4-6, actually. I don't want to don't want to <laughs> lie on here, but I think we hand test him at 4-5. So, he's going with that one. But in any event – Cam last year, so Cam was a junior, number 13. Mm-hmm. We lost half the team due to COVID, so he ended up against Horizon Honors, dropping 23 points and having a two-handed dunk in overtime to help us oh. win the game. And I was like, oh. you can dunk? He never even <laughs> done that in practice. <laughs> so these guys. That was the first time you saw him dunk? seriously like i mean it just got off football season i was new there but you know most guys that are like within six inches of being able to dunk want to try a hundred times a day but um, yeah so i mean every single one coming back jace hagan number 24 he started for me at shooting guard that guy's some of the boys on the team call him like baby jason tatum but man he is a scorer he he can within 30 feet of the hoop that boy's a threat bryce also that guy um Bryce is something else. He's actually super young for a sophomore. He could yeah. rec- potentially reclass as a sophomore, but I mean, there's huh. no need to do that. We're in an age where people do that, jump ahead and go back. I'm like, 
You're so skilled, man, as a sophomore. If you stay in the weight room and keep working on your game, there's no reason he's not playing somewhere proper after he's done at Phoenix Christian in a few years. Bryce can get up really good, Coach. His vertical leap is scary. He almost hit his head on the rim the other day. Ridiculous, man. Tommy or Bryce? It's close. I'm about to say. There's they're different jumpers too because usually tall guys don't look as cool when they dunk because they're hanging on the rim and their feet are like four inches from the ground. <laughs> yeah. But um, man, Bryce has some scary sneaky bounce where he just he just rises on people. So, well, I'm actually gonna do a little combine in this off season where we get the Smith rack on the football field and do how many times we can bench, squat, and then we get the little vertical test. So, okay. I will get back to you guys with some data on who's got more. You bounce need to let between. us know, coach. Hey, that'd be awesome. I will let you know. That'd be awesome. That's cool. Okay, here's our last one, okay? And then we're going to get out of here before there's any more connectivity problems, okay? Um, With Scottsdale Christian moving into the 3A, do you think that you guys move into a favorite to win the 2A next season? I came up with this question, by the way. Yeah, Reyes Reyes can take credit for that. Reyes is all the – he has all the hardball questions, man. Where where are the softballs at? Hey, Hey. all the softballs are me. He's the hard ones, man. Don't be be modest either. Please don't be modest. Because I I know what you're thinking. I already know what you're thinking. Okay, well, it's it's too early to tell. But – I don't know if it's too early to tell. Well, to be to be, there's been maybe some talks in my small circle of coaches about what we think we could be, but um, in full honesty, there uh, there's a lot of talent out there still. Hmm. Like, I mean, obviously Scottsdale has been the the cream of the crop for a while now, but I see Rancho being right back there next year. Hmm. They're always they're well coached. They have Triggs a friend as well. Um, ALA off the top of my head, they got some good dudes. I I don't know who they all lost, but. I coach Meyer. He's always competing over there. Hmm. I know Shane lost uh, Tanti at PCDS. So he always puts a good team together. Highland Prep. That's I mean, what I was waiting for. That's they what. got those two sophomores that are dudes, and they got a few other nice pieces around there too. So, yeah. and I know they're they want all the smoke, as you guys like to say in the interview. <laughs> <with> so, <laughs> so yeah, we're um, we're actually moving regions next year, and we'll be playing a home and away region with Highland Prep. Oh, that's great Ooh, for you guys. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to be with them. They um, they got some young sophomores like we do, so we'll have some good competition for years to come. I don't know a ton about Pima. I did a little preliminary scouting in the event we were going to take down Rancho, and it looks like they got some big boys coming back still. So Pima always, man, like long enough, long and big. Like they they always put together like the same type of kid. I don't know what they feed people over there, but it's like the same type of kid every single year. Yeah, they're on paper. They're no joke. I mean, I was I haven't got the opportunity to watch them play, but six five, six six, all down, all down the board. Yeah. Thankfully, as I tell my boys, you don't play basketball on paper, though. So <laughs> that's, <good. laughs> that's very true. That's very true. That's good. But, that's but really Pima good. can clearly play it on the court, though, because they gave Scottsdale a run for their money. It looks like in the Final Four, and mm-hmm. they're, they're always competing. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say by any means we're a, a favorite. I do like our chances to um, to give it another run next year, though. Our boys are hungry, and after getting a taste of that success, they want it better than – pretty much better than anything. You know, I told mm-hmm. them, guys, let's take a few weeks off after spring. I do meetings with them, you know, postseason. This is what I want you to be doing in terms of making 10,000 threes, 5,000 post finishes in the weight room. But we start up after spring break officially, which is next Monday. Right. Just to give them a few weeks, get their bodies, you know, time to – 
recover and they don't need to be playing 52 weeks out of the year. Nobody does, in my opinion. Right. And these kids hit me up on Saturday morning, Jeff and Reyes, and they're like, Coach, can you please get down here and open the gym for us? Somebody lock the weight room. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are dogs, man. Like, give your body a break. Like, I'm not coming. But <laughs> I needed a few days off. After, after the season, I always give the weekend just to shut things off and be with my wife and kid and just take the weekend at least off basketball before I next Monday get back into the game. But yeah. – uh, but the fact that I had all these texts, like, come on, coach, we need to be in here. I'm like, gosh, you guys, you guys are really, uh, you're buying what I'm selling, man. I appreciate them. So I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to give your kids or any other kids any ideas. But a few years ago, we had issues where we'd have a kid who wanted to be in the gym so bad. He would take a rock and prop open the gym door and he would hide under the bleachers like a rat and wait for everybody to leave. And once they left, he'd come out and just start going crazy in the gym. So hard to be mad at a kid for doing that, honestly. God forbid you're breaking and entering. At least you're doing it in a gym to play basketball. But (laughs) I would never condone breaking and entering. But (laughs) well, coach, no matter what, it's going to be super fun to watch your kids compete next year. Uh, Before we get out of here, Reyes, do you have any closing questions, statements, or hot seat remarks you want to make? <laughs> I think I'm done with the hot seat questions, but usually on these coaches' corners and stuff like that, um, I say I think you have a pretty young class and stuff like that. But I always ask the coaches because I have, I do. I mean, I, I know I heard you have some connections too, but I also have connections as far as like college coaches and stuff like that. So if you have any kids that are kind of like interested in playing at the next level and stuff like that you know I always you know ask the coaches like hey like you know if you're serious like send me the information and I'll do what I can to you know just reach out to some coaches because I have I, I talk to coaches all the time Jeff knows it that's pretty much like my second job even though it's not I don't get paid for it but uh yes yeah, so like I said if you have any kids that are you know kind of interested don't really know yeah just like let them, well, let me, let me know you guys are blessing to the Arizona small ball community and these kids, man. Cause like you guys have said before, they're underserved in terms of getting any press or again, a lot of the recognition I think and you guys believe they deserve one guy really quick. We can talk off camera sometime, but my senior, Micah Carter, okay. captain number 20, he, um, I'm working with some junior colleges right now and trying to Perfect. find him a home to play next year. But um, if you can keep your ear to the uh, ear to the pavement about anything for him, cause that dude will make, any guard better in the program he literally i mean tommy became a man this year and got offensive player of the year for the region but um that's a testament to micah working him in practice every day and going against someone like micah because there was games where micah was in people's grill 80 feet down the court where they're calling for subs i'm not going to drop any names but some dudes i was (laughs) surprised did not want to be in the game anymore I'll, I'll, I think I'll say one. I don't think I said because I think I know we were talking about. Look, I'm gonna be honest. When I was at that uh, NFL yet game, I saw a particular kid call for a substitution more than once. Like I said, we're not gonna name drop for free, but yeah. <laughs> well, I will say I was super impressed with his defense on on Fan from Scottsdale. I mean, yes. super impressed with that. You know, and Fan's one of the best point guards. You know, in in the two A. Uh, you, you guys call him the argument. goat. I mean, uh, you can make an argument that he's the goat, you know. Right. But what I'm saying is that, you know, I mean, that that's not easy to do. And, I mean, it's just, yeah, that, it's impressive, man. So, I think what you're saying is true. Whenever you have a kid that plays with that type of a motor, it helps any type of program, you know. 
and you know, he can dunk, he can play at the rim, he can shoot. And those are things you can also work on. But yeah. in terms of just having that dog mentality of locking up anyone and everyone, whoever the coach needs it to be, it's like, that's kind of something I don't see as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I hear kids say, Hey man, I'm the shooter. I'm your rebounder. And I'm your playmaker. But you don't hear kids as much these days saying, Hey, I'm that lockup guy. Like nobody gets buckets on me. And uh-huh. And that's Micah, but he'll get some buckets for us on the other end too, as you guys have seen. But, uh, but yeah, that's my guy, man. He gave it perfect. us all for me this yeah, year. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Lisa, you, like I said, you have our email and stuff like that, small ball email and stuff like that. Just like you said, if you want to shoot his information, any highlights, defensive highlights, whatever, that's perfect. For sure. I, mean, I got time. Um, Yeah. I'll reach out to some of the connects. I know because I got connections from, you know, all pretty much all levels. Jeff knows, like I literally just took one of my kids to Kansas. And, you know, you got offered, so we're happy about that. I'm about to take another visit with one of my other kids, San Antonio, this Friday. So, I mean, we're just, yeah, so like I say, any, anything we can do to help these kids get looked at, just get exposure, I'm, I'm all for it. Amen. Hey, man, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. You guys keep keep doing the Lord's work out there, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> hey, well, well, thanks for hopping on the pod, Coach. We appreciate it. And we also want to give a huge shout-out to all of our listeners. Thank you guys for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. This is one of many coaches' corners and players' perspectives that we have in store for you guys. So stay tuned for more, and we'll catch you guys next time.